My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Life is not a spectator sport. If watching is all you're going to do, then you're going to watch your life go by without you. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. The flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. With great power comes great responsibility. Do or do not, there is no try. I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim, swim. <laughs> Everywhere we look, we are bombarded with wisdom. Some of it is good, like, oh yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. And then there's others that aren't so good, like this one given to Joe Johnson from Santa Maria, California. He said, as a rookie fireman, I was advised by my older firemen to start smoking. They said it would help to acclimate my lungs to the smoke in the building fire. <laughs> we need to sift through all the wisdom that is out there in order to figure out which ones are pure gold and which ones should go up in flames. Pun intended. <laughs> the subject that I'm going to be talking to you guys about today is wisdom is a treasure. And we are going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. But before we do, I want to give you some context here. The first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon. So this was King David's son. And so King Solomon was the wisest man ever to live besides Jesus. And he was giving his sons in these first nine chapters practical wisdom so they could live out the rest of their days happily. And in the rest of the book, we find a collection of practical life wisdom given mostly in short, memorable statements written by King Solomon and also numerous other people. So these sayings offer practical advice for daily life. And a wide variety of their content is like you can get it in so many different places. It's ranging from work and money to speech to integrity to discipline. So many different topics is in this book. But the wisdom in Proverbs is not just practical advice. Proverbs, it reminds us that true wisdom derives from the fear of Yahweh of God. True wisdom derives from the fear of Yahweh, and it has its source in Him. It shows how God's truth applies to our everyday situations at home and at work, in marriage and in family, in the government and in commerce, and in the heart attitudes that shape our reactions, lifestyles, and habits. In all of these areas, Proverbs lights the way to life. 
And it also posts hazard signs on every road that leads to ruin. And the main theme of Proverbs is that wisdom proceeds from revering and trusting God. The main theme of Proverbs is that wisdom proceeds from revering and trusting God. By honoring God with our lives and following his wisdom, we can expect to experience the blessing of God's goodness. In the natural order of God's world, good character produces a life that will flourish. Through Proverbs, though, sorry, Proverbs is also clear that the natural order does not always win, and sometimes, against all logic, evil and folly may thrive. And that's the disclaimer that I want to give here this morning. These Proverbs are rules, but there are sometimes exceptions to the rules as well. The principle of some of these Proverbs are not an absolute promise every single time. We regard them as true principles, but they're not absolute promises. They usually go the way that they say they will, but sometimes they won't. For example, Proverbs states that those who live by the wisdom of God will live a long and happy life. However, there are some people who truly are given to obedience in both conduct and the heart to Jesus, and they die relatively young, and some godly persons are having trouble with having peace. So these are rules, but there are exceptions to the rules. So please do not put these as the absolute of your life, but they are the guideline of your life. It's okay that, they are, that there are exceptions to the rules because we can trust that God has given us these rules to follow for a reason. Even if the outcomes are not always the same or even what we want them to be, God is still with us and he will never leave us. These Proverbs are meant to help us throughout life, no matter the outcome. And by the way, the Proverbs we can always rely on and will always be true are the ones instructing us how to live for God in our everyday lives. We can always rely on those to be true. The outcome may be different, but the general rule is always there. So let's dive into the book of Proverbs and see what we can take from it this summer. We are going to be doing a summer series on Proverbs wisdom. We are so excited about this. And because we are doing a summer series, I think we should both define both Proverbs and wisdom before we go any further here. GotQuestions.com defines a biblical proverb as a short saying that expresses a general truth for practical, godly living. Basically, proverbs are sayings which distill God's truth for everyday life. They are usually brief, always perspective, and often amusing. They are essential advice for good living. And above all, they introduce wisdom as the perfect companion. Wisdom is our perfect companion. Next, let's define what wisdom is. Dictionary.com says that wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. Godly wisdom is, of course, 
from God and honors God. Godly wisdom starts with the fear of God. It starts with the fear of God and results in a holy life. And we will talk about more of this in just a few minutes. But again, worldly wisdom, on the other hand, is not concerned with honoring God, but pleasing itself. With worldly wisdom, we may become educated or street smart and have common sense that enables us to play the world's games successfully. But godly wisdom enables us to prepare ourselves for eternity and also navigate through life in this world. With godly wisdom, we trade earthly values for biblical values. We recognize that we are citizens of another kingdom, and we make choices that reflect that allegiance. Having godly wisdom means we strive to see life from God's perspective and act accordingly. Having godly wisdom means we strive to see life from God's perspective and then to act accordingly. So from what we've learned so far, we really can see that wisdom is meant to be a treasure, to hold on to, that we search for and we celebrate. It's not something to put aside and forget about. Wisdom should not be just thrown into a box somewhere and say, oh, I'll take it out when I need it. No, we have to keep it on us all of the time. So let's start at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. So remember, this is King Solomon talking to his sons and giving them wisdom that he learned from God. My child, never forget the things that I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Chapter 3 begins with another encouragement for the reader to embrace the wisdom being instructed. So Solomon presents several cycles of instructions and benefits in chapter 3 throughout this, what, what we just read. For example, store my commands in your heart and, you're, and you will live many years in a life that is satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you and you will find favor with God and man and earn a good reputation. And then in verse 5, we see this gem that we all know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. My first point today is what we see from verse 5. Wisdom is trusting God. Wisdom is trusting God. Solomon urges his sons to trust in God completely by declaring trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not just part of it, not just half of it, not just every once in a while, but all of it always. It is a level of trust that avoids dependence on personal or human understanding. We sometimes try to figure God out, and we can't, whether who he is or what he's doing. 
And it's okay that we don't always figure him out. If he wanted us to know something, he would have told us, just so you know. In other words, it is trust that goes beyond human understanding and enters the realm of faith. When John, let me see if I can get his last name here, Kavanagh, we're going to go with that, (laughs) who was a noted and famous ethicist, went to Calcutta. He was seeking Mother Teresa. He went for three months to work at the House of the Dying to find out how he could best spend the rest of his life. When he met Mother Teresa, he asked her to pray for him. What do you want me to pray for? She replied. He then uttered the request he had carried thousands of miles. Clarity. I pray that I have clarity. No, Mother Teresa answered. I'm not going to do that. When he asked her why, she said, Clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. The man then responded to Mother Teresa on how she always seemed to have clarity, the very kind of clarity that he was looking for. And she said, I have never had clarity. What I have always is trust. So I pray that you will trust God. Clarity is trusting God completely. Paul the Apostle gives us this insight into trusting God in Romans chapter 11. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. Look, a treasure. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who can know enough to give him advice? Who has given him so much that he needs to pay us back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is attended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Wisdom is trusting God. There are things in this life that are unclear. There are things about God that are unclear. There are things that God does that are unclear. And this lack of clarity often gives way to overwhelming confusion. But Solomon's advice is solid. Paul's advice is solid. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because God's wisdom is far superior than our wisdom. Sometimes we think, oh, I know best for me, or oh, I know what to do in this situation, so I don't really need God. I'll put him back there, and I'll get him to sit down and watch how I can do this. No, it doesn't work like that. God's ways are better. Even when we think, okay, this is perfect. This is the perfect plan. God always has has the best plan, and he will work things out for his good. Let me just level with you this morning. Wisdom is trusting God, but foolishness is trusting ourself. Wisdom is trusting God, but foolishness is trusting ourself. Trusting in our wisdom is a declaration that we are better than God. Trusting in God is not a surface-level trust. It is a whole-hearted trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's trusting in God's incomprehensible ways that are completely trustworthy. And 
if you don't know if God is trustworthy in your own life right now, maybe give him something to see if he can be trusted. Completely give him something that's going on in your life right now. Say, God, I don't know if I can trust you right now, but I want to see if I can. So here, take this thing, this thing that's weighing on my shoulders that I'm holding, that's weighing me down, and just do what you want with it and don't touch it. And just see what God will do with it. See where he will guide you. See what he will make out of this. And sometimes it's not what we think it will be. Sometimes it'll be easy and sometimes it'll be so difficult. But in the end, it's always worth it. Solomon, in communicating with his son, said, Trust God with all your heart, which covers the emotional, also the intellectual, and the spiritual components of our life. Our heart is all three of those things. A person who trusts in the Lord acknowledges him, meaning not just a nod of recognition, but an intimate knowledge of God will be led by God to discovering which path to take. It means God is more than just a guidance system like a GPS or Google Maps, which can be frustrating at times. <laughs> but it means that God removes the obstacles, making a smooth path to an appointed goal. Again, it, it may not always be the way that we want it to, but it will be the way that God wants it to. And we see this throughout chapter 3. In verse 10, it says, He will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Wisdom is trusting God and not trusting yourself. Do you trust God this morning? Do you wholeheartedly trust God this morning? Do you lean on God's understanding and not your own? J.I. Packer made a profound statement on the wisdom of trusting God. He said, Not until we have become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down, can divine wisdom be ours? Wisdom is distrusting our own thoughts and trusting God's divine wisdom. Going on to verse 7, Solomon goes on to say, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. And this leads us to our second treasure today. Wisdom is fearing God. Wisdom is fearing God. Now, you probably heard me say that a few times at the beginning of this sermon, if you were listening, which I hope you were. But we're going to dive more into this right now. Solomon writes, Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Obviously, Solomon recognized that anyone impressed with their own wisdom could eventually, would eventually fall into the pit of pride. Paul reminds us to be careful about being prideful. 
He says, live in harmony with one another. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Pride always consumes the heart and life of the know-it-all, the smarty-pants person. C.S. Lewis made this point on pride. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that's above you. Solomon was very clear on turning away from evil. But how do you do that, you might be asking? How do you turn away from evil? By fearing the Lord. So there are three types of fear in our life. First of all, there is healthy fear. And this is a fear of doing something that might be dangerous or life-threatening, like jumping out of a tree or touching a hot stove or riding a raging bull. That fear helps to protect us and preserve our life. Now, sometimes you don't always listen to it. I've touched a hot stove before and it's not pleasant because I was curious. So it's, but it's still a healthy fear that tries to keep you back. A harmful fear is the consequence of sin, fail, fear of failure, inadequacy, rejection, subordination. They are fears that steal, consume, and destroy our life. And then there is a holy fear. Holy fear is fear of the Lord. It's not a fear that we be afraid of God, like waiting for the big shoe to drop down on us and for his wrath to come. No, that's not what it means. But fear, a fear in the Lord is an awe of God. It's an overwhelming reverence and, uh, and respect for the greatness and goodness and glorious nature of our God. When we catch a glimpse of the wisdom, glory, and majesty of God, it brings with it a revelation of holy fear, of awe, of reverence. A fear that if we live in our wisdom, we're going to be doomed to failure. Listen carefully to what the psalmist brings to holy fear in these next few words. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins... Who or, O oh Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn from you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Do you have a holy fear this morning? The thing about holy fear is that if we fear God, we have nothing else to fear. If we fear God, we have nothing else to fear. Oswald Chambers says, The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Wisdom is fearing God. So far this morning, we've learned that Solomon, learned from Solomon that wisdom is a treasure. And this treasure comes from a trustworthy God and is the basis of our wisdom. Also, in order to have godly wisdom, we need to have fear of the Lord, a reverent awe of him. Going on to verse 9, we see Solomon saying, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. This leads us to our third and final treasure today. Wisdom is honoring God. Wisdom is honoring God. From the early hours after Adam and Eve were from the early hours after Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden in Genesis, we see a common practice in God's people. Honoring God with our very best, that is what God commanded of his people in the Old Testament. Honoring him with their very best. This is the first way to honor God. So what happens when we honor God? As you will discover when we, as we go through the book of Proverbs, there is a cycle of instructions followed by benefits. We see in chapter 3, verse 10, by honoring God first, he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. He will provide for us with an overflow. God loves to give to us. This could be financially sometimes, but more often it could be in relationships with others, in guidance or provision, and so much more. God loves to give to us whatever we need. But first, we need to give out of Him, give to Him out of thankfulness and honoring Him. What He knows best, He, he knows what is best for us, and He will provide. So there are many ways that we can honor God. We can financially help to build his kingdom, have a genuine relationship with him, help others so that way the kingdom would grow, put him first in all we do, and so much more. There's so many different things that we can do to honor God and put him first. Another way to honor God, according to Proverbs chapter 3, is in our dealing with other people. You can see this starting in verse 27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Wisdom is honoring God, which means giving him our very best, and honoring others. Giving God our very best and also honoring others. J.L. Kraft, founder of, Kraft, of the Kraft Cheese Corporation, gave approximately 25% of his enormous income to God and to the church for many years. And he would say, the only investment I ever made which has paid consistently increasing dividends is in the money I have given to the Lord. If you are seeking godly wisdom this morning, you need to first honor God in everything that you do. Our finances, our decisions, our actions, our words, our thoughts, everything. That's what we're called to do. And then we must honor those around us. Help them when they need guidance. Show them mercy and compassion and forgiveness. Provide for them when they're in need. God loves it when we do this. And this also brings him glory and honor when we do it in his name. Today we've talked about the treasure that is godly wisdom and how important it is for each and every one of us to have in our own lives. It's so important for us as Christians to have godly wisdom. We've seen that godly wisdom requires that we trust in God no matter what is going on around us. 
Godly wisdom requires us to fear the Lord, to be in awe of him and his majesty. And godly wisdom requires honoring God in all we do every single day. There are many people who believe the things that I've shared this morning, but do not behave like they believe. In order for the treasure of wisdom to be active in our life, belief and behavior must work together. It's one thing to know a proverb. It's one thing to know what the Bible says, but it's another thing to actually live it out. So here's my suggestion for all of us this morning. It is really encouraged for us to take the wisdom that we are going to be learning from this summer and actually put it into practice in our own lives. So take one thing from the verses that I've read today and put it into action this week and seek to gain godly wisdom, which is the biggest treasure we could ever find. What is that one thing that stood out to you this morning? Or as you go back and read it, try to find something that's okay, I can try to do this. And then put it into practice, put it into action, and see how much wisdom you're going to gain from that godly wisdom. The world is constantly trying to give us advice. Some of it is good, like with great power comes great responsibility. We can work with that one. But then there's advice given to Joe Johnson to start smoking. The world's advice is not always the godly wisdom we should be looking for. Everyone has different opinions and outlooks on life. But we should look into God's scripture to find his wisdom, his guidance, his path. And then he will guide us on the journey of life and we will find the bountiful treasure that is his wisdom. Let's pray. God, thank you for your wisdom. And thank you that you want to share it with us. That's just amazing that the God of the universe who created everything and knows everything wants to share his wisdom with us. Thank you so much that we have access to it. And help us not just to put it on the nightstand and not look at it, but for us to dive deep into it and to know more about your wisdom and your love and your goodness and, your, and how you want us to live. God, I just ask that all of us here today would seek out your godly wisdom and to trust you, to fear you, and to honor you and honor others. God, thank you for this time. We love you so much. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.